0: from strong faith to stained glass. The central window shows one of the most beloved pictures of Christ in the Bible. It is a timeless story that relates to the whole theme of redemption. It is that of the good shepherd giving his life for the sheep. And not only for the sheep of Israel, but also for other sheep I have, he says, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd the central window at the bottom in the Old Testament stream, in the same bay of stained glass windows, number seven, when we think of shepherds in the Old Testament, we most readily think of David, who slew Goliath and later became the beloved king of Israel. Psalms 22, 23 and 24 are precious pieces of hebrew poetry psalm 22 is a clear picture of the crucifixion of jesus and presents him as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep in psalm number 23 the most well-known and best loved in the psaltery. He is the great shepherd who in six verses is presented by nine different names. In Psalm 23 in six verses, he is Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Raphael. Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Kadesh, Jehovah El Elyon. And in Psalm 24, he is portrayed as the chief shepherd who's coming back to get the sheep that he died for in Psalm 22. Look with me, if you would. At Psalm number 22 and how many of us like Jesus had have, have to ask the question my God my God why have you forsaken me why are you so far from helping me where are you when you do not hear the words Of my groaning my God my God why have you forsaken me the exclamation from the cross in verse 1 is a complaint to the father but not a complaint against the father somebody ought to help me preach it because when you've had in your angst and in your nervousness, in your anxiety, and you've had to cry out to God, why have you forsaken me? You are not complaining against God. You're complaining to God. <laughs> and brothers and sisters, hear me. This, this cry with which the Psalms opens is not an utterance of impatience, nor despair but it is a cry of grief and it's entreating God to come to the rescue. It is the question of faith and anguish because only the faithful have a right to ask God, why have you forsaken me? You showed up when I called you yesterday. You brought me out last year. You were good to me last month. I'm in trouble right now, my God. Why have you forsaken me now? Brothers and sisters, hear me this morning. It is the mental suffering caused by the withdrawal of his father's sustaining presence and coupled with the withdrawal of his father's sustaining presence he is reproached surrounded by enemies the dogs have surrounded they are baying at me they are barking at me God where are you when my enemy looks like he's about to get the upper hand but I want you to hear me, brothers and sisters. It is a cosmic inquiry to which unbeknownst to us, Jesus receives appropriate answers which enables him to endure the suffering. Because when you belong to God, he'll tell you some things other folk can't hear. He will show you some things that other folk can't see. Here is what Jesus says to the Father. Why have you forsaken me? We hear the question, but only Jesus can hear the answer. And the answer is I've forsaken you because you are bearing the sins of the world. We hear the question, why are you far from helping me? But Jesus hears the answer, that the victory may be altogether your own. There are some things you're gonna have to go through by yourself. I know mama's been good I know daddy's still living and they would help if you ask them but there's some things you just got to go through for yourself to come out on the other side to have answers to your question <laughs> have you any river I wish I had some noise right here that you think are uncrossable have you any mountains that you cannot tunnel through when you come out on the other side your testimony is God specialized in things that seem impossible. I don't care what the doctor says, God can fix it. I don't care what traps your enemies have put in front of you, God will lead you around them. I don't care how hard your burden is, if you call him, he'll come and stand up under it with you. Is there anybody here I said is there anybody here ever had to call out in the midnight hour why have you forsaken me but your testimony this morning is he'll show up just in the nick of time when your back is almost against the wall he'll provide enough space between your back and the wall that you can come to church Sunday mornings saying my steps were almost gone. My feet had well nigh slipped. But then when I went to the sanctuary, when I got in the presence of the living God, I found out that God may not come when you want him. But if you trust him, if you keep your hand in God's hand, he'll show up. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Why are you so far from the words of my roaring? Jesus heard the answer. That you may learn all the required obedience meant to teach you through your suffering. Look, that's something trouble can teach you that money can't. There are some things that hardship will teach you. I wish I had some parent to help me here. How can you get on your children about learning how to work and they never had to work? can you fuss at them about managing money and they never had to manage money they've never had any hardship they've never gone through anything you'll never be the woman God wants you to be until you go through some stuff you'll never be able to call yourself a man until you go through some doors that you could not have gone through if God didn't push him open have I got a witness here I'm strong this morning because of what I've been through. When you, when you hang around in Psalm 22, it helps when we go through what St. John of the Cross calls the dark night of the soul. Those of us here this morning who knows something about the dark night of the soul can testify that there have been days when you have had to cry without tears. There have been days when you have had to scream without sound. people see you here on Sunday morning but they don't know what you've been through all the week long they don't know what scrapes you came out of what difficulties that you had to navigate what trials that you had to climb over but you're here this morning not looking like what you've been through and sister Sister, when you've been through it and God has stood you up on your feet, you can tell him you ain't got to open the door for me. I don't need no hero. I can open the door for myself. Talk back to me if you can. You ain't taking care of me. God is taking care of me is making a way for me God is opening a door for me I can pull a chair out for myself brother if she walks out you didn't marry her to pay your bills you were a man when she married you and a man is not muscles. A man is not lifting weights. A man is assuming responsibility. A man is coming to church on Sunday morning and giving God the glory and opening your mouth and raising your hands. A man says, I love the Lord. Because he heard my cry. Long as I live, and trouble rise, I'll hasten to his throne. Sister, if you're looking for a man, let me let me give you let me give you let me give you let me give you let me let me help you. If he can't cry. He's going to make you cry. But a man who can worship, a man who can give God thanks, a man who knows that if it had not been for the Lord who was on his side, a man who can shout on Sunday morning um, is a man who can take care of a family. David said, I've been young. I wish I had a Bible reader. Now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. If you hang around Psalm 22, you'll get some peace that passes all understanding. But I got to run now because I want to get to Psalm 23. In Psalm 22, if you stay there a minute, you'll get something about God's power. The death of Jesus on the cross is the power of God unto salvation. And when God saves in Psalm 22 by his glorious power, you got to run to Psalm 23 so you can shout about God's provision the Lord is my shepherd I shall not walk he makes me lie down in green pastures I, I, I taught the brothers this morning in the leadership class that they're in and I said to them what I want to say to you. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for reminding me to say this. That sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about going to work at a, a food shelter. I'm not talking about going to help somebody pay their bills. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is get some rest. Because anxiety, purposelessness, nervousness is caused by the fact that you're trying to be all things to all people. You're running here and running there, trying to be this and trying to be that. Them folk don't care nothing about you. Because if you lay down and get some rest, it's still going to get done. And if it doesn't get done, you're going to get to it when you get to it. And if you don't ever get to it, somebody else is going to get to it. Because if you think they're going to miss you on that job, you die. And there'll be another nameplate on your door the day of your funeral service. Somebody ought to help me preach it. That's why you need to run with me to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside, still, not stale, still, still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, yes, I'm going to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but when I get there, I'll feel no evil. And the reason why I feel no evil is because I know who's with me. His rod is in one hand, his staff is in the other hand. Somebody ought to help me here. I get full of enemies and dogs around me he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies listen this psalm powerfully reminds us through the ministry of Jesus that he's able to turn the worst of times into the greatest of blessings Because when you are surrounded by your enemies and they hope you fall, they hope you lose your stuff. They hope they get a chance to laugh at you because when they left, they said you'd never be anything. He prepares a table before you spread out in the presence of them and all they can do is watch you eat. Watch this. Stay with me. The enemy can stalk you, but he can't stop you. The enemy can hinder you, but he can't harm you. Because no weapon. sown against me shall be able to prosper. Now brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get too happy here because I want to get to Psalm 24. But, 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 but when the psalm is real good and the reason why this psalm is so beloved is because it reads good backwards as good as it reads going forward. Can I read it backwards for you? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because goodness and mercy has been following me all the days of my life. And the reason I know goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life is because he anoints my head with oil so that my cup is running over. He anoints my head with oil so that my cup is running over because he just got through preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemy. His rod and his staff have comforted me. He has led me beside the still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And the reason I shall not want is because the Lord is my shepherd. and forward but I got to hurry I got to hurry I got to rush to Psalm 24 I I told you that frame in the top is Jesus holding a a sheep as the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep that's that's psalm 22 psalm 23 the the great shepherd provides for the sheep there's nothing i need that god can't supply The reason I don't have any want is because I have a shepherd who leads and feeds. I'm through. But I got to rush on to Psalm 24. Because after he saves me by his power, after he provides for me as the great shepherd, as the chief shepherd he made me a promise in psalm 22 he is the good shepherd in psalm 23 he is the great shepherd but in psalm 24 he is the chief shepherd and when the chief shepherd shall appear i wish i had somebody to help me close here the ark of the covenant which was the visible sign of God's invisible presence. Everywhere they went, they brought the Ark of the Covenant with them. When the Ark stopped, they stopped. When the Ark moved, they moved. Because everywhere they went, they brought with them the Ark of the Testimony. It was overlaid and encrusted with slabs of pure gold. There were brass rings on each side of the Ark of the Testimony and they had to carry it on their shoulders to bring it with them everywhere they went. On the top of the Ark of the Covenant was what was called the Mercy Seat. And on the Mercy Seat, two golden cherubim, two angels facing one another. On the top of the Ark of the Covenant And in between the two angels in gold on the top of the ark, whenever God showed up, whenever God came to talk to them, the Shekinah cloud, the glory of God came down between those two cherubim to let them know God wanted to say something to them. Inside the ark of the testimony was a cup of manna that fell in the wilderness. The tablets of stone that God gave Moses upon Mount Sinai and Aaron's rod, a dead piece of stick that every day a flower would bud on that stick to let them know that God was with them everywhere they went but one day the philistines stole the ark of the covenant and they did not know how to recover it and when they finally found out where the ark was david took some men with him to go and recover the ark of the covenant and they put the ark on a on a cart but God didn't prescribe that it be carried on a cart. God said you ought to carry it on your shoulders, but they put it on a cart, and the cart had wheels on it, and the wheels got caught in a rut, and the ark stumbled on the cart, and it almost fell to the ground, and a man by the name of Uzzah put his hands on the ark, to keep it from falling on the ground and when he put his hands on it god killed him right there on the spot because god was saying to david if you're not gonna put your heart in it don't put your hands on it i think i ought to tell somebody here if you're gonna do anything in god's service If you're gonna sing a song, if you're gonna pray a prayer, if you're gonna teach a lesson, if you're gonna preach a sermon, if you're not gonna put your heart in it, don't put your hands on it. And then when the ark almost stumbled and fell, they got it back on the ark and God told them to get some brass poles and carry it on your shoulder. And they left it for a while. In the home of obed edom i wish i had a bible reader here and they found out that as long as the ark was in obed's house obed was being blessed and so they got the ark from obed edom and they were on their way back to jerusalem and david got so happy thinking about how good god had been david got so excited ruminating over where God had brought them from the Bible says David started shouting and he danced all out of his clothes I wish I had somebody to help me David's wife Michael said you ought to be shame of yourself disgracing yourself in front of these people dancing and acting a fool David said you think I'm acting a fool now you think i'm carrying on now you think i'm cutting up now wait till i get this ark back where it needs to be and you ought to look around and tell somebody you think i'm cutting up now wait till god answers my prayer you think i'm hollering now wait until i get my breakthrough you think i'm raising my hands now you ain't seen nothing yet is there a witness here this morning that David started bringing the ark back and he got a choir following him and he assembled a choir in the temple and on the way back to Jerusalem he wrote Psalm 24 the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein Come on, you can preach it with me. He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in the holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. But he shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek thy face, O oh, Jacob. And there's a word in that verse that says, Selah. The word Selah means stop reading and start shouting. Stop reading and take a praise break. Stop reading and give God the glory. Stop reciting and think about where he brought you from. Stop reading. Now is the time to go ahead and shout a minute. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for what you've already done. And if you never do anything else, you've already done more than enough. The choir following David, ask the choir on the inside, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. The choir on the inside. Ask the choir on the outside. Who is this king of glory? The choir on the outside. Told the choir on the inside. The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Maybe somebody next to you. Don't know who Jesus is. Why don't you take a minute and go ahead and witness to him. Tell him what he is to you. He's a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in a time of storm. He's a friend when you're friendless, bread when you're hungry, water when you're thirsty, a mother for the motherless, a father for the fatherless, a husband when you're by yourself. He's God's only son, Mary's baby boy. James and Jude's older brother, Matthew's king, Mark's suffering servant, a rock in a weary land. I wish I had a witness. Is there anybody here? Knows him for yourself. Distinctive in supernatural capacity, superlative in sovereign majesty, exclusive in spiritual beauty, radiant in eternal splendor. Matchless and supernal deity. He's the God of gods. The prince of princes. The pharaohs of ten thousand. Away out of nowhere. Is there anybody here? Know him for yourself. Why don't you tell somebody? You don't know like I know. You can't tell it like I can tell it. You can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. He brought me. He kept me. He heard me. He saved me. He raised me. He never left me. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you why don't you wrap your arms around somebody tell them god will god will take care of you he will he will he will he will he will will. make a way he will let the sun shine he will answer your prayer he will come to your rescue he will i know he's all right now under him i wish i had a witness now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all, you can even ask, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I know he's all right. all I've been trying to say here's all I've been trying to say I took all that time just to say this he died for me he's taking care of me and one day he's coming back for yes he is he's coming back of me he's coming back he's coming back and when he comes back I want to be ready